Success in the New Retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. This is the Success in the New Retirement podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. It's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors, 480-680-6868. Now, let's get to the show. Damon Roberts, Matt Deaton, we all had the opportunity to go play on the campus of Yale University, and y'all each had the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Roger Ibbotson and Dr. William Getzman. When you heard that you were going to be able to meet these powerhouses, these titans of finance, for you and in the industry that you work in, was this like meeting a minor celebrity? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, how many people get an opportunity to go to Yale, be on their campus, interview one of the most world-renowned economists, and be able to ask some of the questions that we got to ask? I mean, that's that's a big deal. It was a good opportunity, and I was excited because I wanted to kind of get some insights on what their take is on what's happening in this world and the amount of debt we have and interest rates and and it was it was really informative. And like I said, yeah, it, it was something that I was looking forward to. It was fun. It was fun to, you know, before, you know, we individually sat down with them to, to do the interview. Um, they, they took some time and talked to uh, to us um, and and we're talking about some of what's going on with with inflation and what the Fed has done and, and you know, things they have agreed with and things they haven't agreed with and, and just gives you some really good information um, that helps us as we go forward as we're looking uh, towards our clients and and how we you know navigate um, the inflation and taxes and the markets and and it just you know these are people that have spent their entire careers um, just focused and understanding all the data that goes into this and and for them to then take and and kind of translate that a little bit for us and break it down and say here's here's what we think was i think very interesting Dr. Ibbotson is the professor of finance at Yale School of Management, written numerous books, won dozens of awards in the world of finance. And Dr. Getzman, also a professor of finance and management at the Yale School of Management. Both Damon and Matt had the opportunity to sit down and spend a couple of minutes picking their brain. And Damon, we'll play yours in the next couple of weeks. But I do want you to hear Matt Deaton's conversation with Dr. Roger Ibbotson and Dr. William Getzman. Hello, we're here with uh, Dr. Ibbotson and Dr. Getzman. Uh, Thank you for inviting us out to Yale to, to visit a little bit. I have a bunch of questions more specific to just what's going on in the economy and with the government spending. If you don't mind, we want to focus on kind of that topic. So over the past three months, the national debt has increased by $1.5 trillion. We're going to spend a trillion dollars on interest payments this year. Where do you think that ends? What's the direction and how does how do we get out of the problem that we're created? It, it is a serious problem, no question about it, because... Uh, the national debt is now a higher percentage of GDP than it was at the end of World War II. So uh, we have a real debt problem. And it wasn't so serious in the past when interest rates were low, but part of having such a high national debt is you it is an actual cause of inflation. And inflation is a cause of high interest rates. And so it's a vicious circle here that, that uh, the high interest rates now make the national debt a, a very serious problem because they create even more deficits, you know. So it's, it's a difficult problem to get out of, and ultimately we just need longer term, more sensible spending policies. And that's probably the way to do this. It's, it's, it's going to take some time, but we have to get back to a, a situation where the economy is growing. We can grow our way out of this but uh, only with stable fiscal policies. So if we can turn that around and start growing, that that would obviously help the bond market, it would help the stock market. So there's been a lot of talk that the 60-40 portfolio of using bonds inside of a portfolio is kind of broken because of how bonds have performed the past 
you know, a couple of years. What's your take on the 60-40 portfolio and how, how someone should be diversified these days? Well, one of the things that we've seen over the last 20 years is the concept of diversification now expands way beyond stocks and bonds. Um, and so I think a lot of the debate these days has been whether or not individual investors, families, uh, and so forth are going to have the same access to, to investments that uh, institutions have been able to access. Um, and also whether it is uh, whether they can get access to, to, to good uh, products. So things that have to do with commodities and private equity and uh, venture capital and, uh, and all of those opportunities are things that uh, are just not in the 60-40 uh, portfolio. So the finance today it has grown so much beyond 60-40 that it requires a lot more knowledge, understanding, and I think actually uh, professional guidance than it might have um, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah, we've started to incorporate a lot more um, unique type of investments. We use structured notes. We'll we'll use annuities to kind of diversify risk. It seems that's the way that the direction needs to go because the stocks and bonds just have a lot of risk associated to interest rates and what's going on with the amount of debt we have. So tell me what your thoughts are about Social Security. Again, we're, we're talking about potentially having to change the program or or decrease how much is being paid out. 12 years from now if they don't make changes. What's the likely scenario there? Well, first of all, Social Security was originally conceived with the understanding that there was a challenge over the long term about whether or not it was going to um, be viable. And it's lasted a long time, given the initial expectations in the, in the uh, mid-30s about what might be necessary. And that, in part, has been due to the fact that there have been changes in the payout policy and the pay-in policy and so forth. So I think everybody expects there will be, at the margin, some adjustments uh, so that it doesn't go away, but it's certainly unlikely to be uh, the uh, sufficient support for uh, a great majority uh, of people. So um, Social Security's got to only be one part of a retirement plan. It's unlikely that it's going to satisfy what people uh, in the United States are going to need to live on. Yeah. So as, as we become more of a global economy, you hear of countries like Japan that they have an aging population, that their GDP is declining. How, how does that impact the United States and, and investors and people preparing for retirement? Well, we do have an aging economy. It's nothing like Japan. We do have immigration, really. That's one of the one of the big aspects here, whereas Japan doesn't really have any, any immigration. And so and, and typically we're immigrating people who immigrate are the workers, so so it's it's not anywhere near that serious of a problem. But uh, in general, what you have we have to do is raise because people are living longer. We have to really raise the rate, age that you first start taking Social Security. That's probably one of the things we're going to have to do. And of course, uh, maybe lower the amounts that they get as well. So that just seems sort of uh, unfortunately in inevitable. I know we're going to put it off as long as possible, but uh, we shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. So the GDP, again, you mentioned it's highest it's been since World War II. Again, if you look at tax rates after World War II, they were at some of the highest marginal tax rates. I mean, at one point we had like a 94% marginal rate for the highest bracket. What do you anticipate will happen with taxes going forward? Well, I think you have to go back to the tax rate of 86, which was the, the, the Reagan tax rate drops which actually worked out with the Democrats as well. It, it was a bipartisan uh, 
overhaul, and it really lowered the tax rates dramatically at that time, actually down to 28%. And after, after that, we've been raising them back. But basically what they got rid of, they were able to lower the tax rates back in 86 by eliminating the tax shelters. Because when you had those really high tax rates, people weren't paying those taxes. They were basically having tax shelters. And and they got rid of the tax shelters, but are able to lower the rate and still collect the same revenues. Well, we're, we're getting to the same sort of situation again, here again, because uh, as the tax rates are rising and rising, uh, the tax shelters are creeping back in different forms. And so a lot of this is just uh, making more fair tax systems, which are probably hard to accomplish uh, politically, but but more of tax, fair tax systems, I think, would help solve this problem quite a bit. So speaking of politics, I hear Trump, again, if he gets elected, he's talking about additional tax cuts. You're talking about rising debts, you know, out of control spending. How can we have tax cuts and deal with the, the problem that's being created with the amount of spending we have? You either have to cut spending or, or raise taxes or something, but... Uh, Seems like both these days. <laughs> yes. Well, as Roger says, you know, you can talk about a tax rate cut, but it's the total revenue that you collect which makes a difference. And it's the it's the complication of, of uh, incentivizing people to avoid taxes, which um, is deadweight loss on the economy. So uh, rationalization, simplification, it's unlikely to be something... Uh, whoever does it, um, it's unlikely to be uh, something that um, w- that really has a net uh, negative effect. If you just multiply the the numbers through, uh, you should ex- expect um, that a cut, for example, in corporate taxes is not necessarily something that uh, that is a bad thing because there's a pass through process of the earnings of the corporation to the ultimate investors, who then pay taxes. So um, I, I'm, uh, I'm a fan of simplification, rationalization, and I don't think that it's going to um, have a net negative effect on the revenues that the country ultimately collects. Matt Deaton hanging out with Roger Ibbotson and Dr. William Getzman from the campus of Yale University and a couple of titans of finance and also some servers getting ready for lunch in the background. <laughs> well. What's your takeaway from your conversation with them? Well, I mean... If you hear what they had to say about taxes, they were they they said a couple of different scenarios that could be played out. Number one, you could raise taxes, you could reduce spending. They they talked about how you could potentially you know change some of the loopholes so people actually pay their actual tax rate as opposed to having these shelters. And then the last thing you mentioned was just the corporate tax rate that potentially you could lower corporate tax rate and then pass those profits on to to the individuals who then have to pay taxes on that in forms of capital gains and dividends. So so there's multiple levers. If you notice there, there's probably four or five different ways they potentially could solve the problem. But in every scenario, like you said, they have to increase tax revenue. Mm -hmm. And, And that's the bottom line. So the takeaway I took from that was that tax revenue is going to go up. And if I look out at my clients and I say, okay, baby boomers have a bunch of money in tax deferred accounts, they're going to be a target. That if, if I was a congressman, if I was looking at trying to increase tax revenue, I'd look at the baby boomers and say, hey, if we can figure out a way to tax these 401k and IRA accounts a little bit more, that's going to improve our tax revenue. That's going to help solve some of our financial problems. And so I think we have to be prepared for that. And so my takeaway was that you know some tax strategies, some planning are going to be critical in preparing for what the future is going to hold and the tax changes and laws that, that, that are going to be passed that will impact you. If you can be more tax efficient, if you can keep more of your money by being prepared for that, 
that's going to be critical as you build out a good retirement plan. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.